there's no way it's not causing his brain to develop in a way that's different than the way mine's developed, but I don't think it's bad or good. Hello and welcome to Terrifying Robot Dog. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Kelly Shaver. And we're here to talk about how technology is changing the way we interact with the world. This week is Gadget Week. Please stay tuned. Terrifying Robot Dog is next. Welcome back. Last week was supposed to be Gadget Week. (laughs) Yes, it was. (laughs) Oops. Sorry, dear listener. The weirdest thing that... This is probably the weirdest thing that's happened to me in the entire... In my entire career of podcasting. Yeah, it was very strange. So just to give you an idea, we tried and tried to salvage the recording of last week's show because we know how desperate you are for it and pay good money. And something weird happened. I changed my mic inputs right before we started recording or right after we started recording or something like Mm -hmm. that. And my voice sounded like like 10 decibels, not decibels, but uh, like like I should know the word for this because I'm a musician, but like 10, it was like 10 frequencies or megahertz lower. So I sounded like Tony Robbins or something. You did. And it was a, it was was like this. (laughs) It was, it was very mellow and it was kind of a little bit slower, but kind of not. It was, it was really strange. Right. It was like the pitch was just shifted down for some reason. It was the weirdest. And so I was like, well, that's okay. The software we use can shift the pitch. No problem. So I shifted the pitch up to normal and it seemed fine at first, but somehow it screwed up the, it it just like chopped out some stuff. So then the, the, the sequencing of our conversation was just totally out of whack and we tried, but it just, we just couldn't do it. So strange computers. Anyway, so what we're going to do this week is we're going to redo the gadget week episode. And since we've already rehearsed, basically it's going to be that much better. Hopefully plan. You'll never know. But we'll, we'll, that's our story. We're sticking to it. Shall we dive in? Uh, yes, let's. All right. So I, does it make sense to talk about your, how awesome your hosting company is? Uh, how, I, don't, I don't know. It, it might make sense. There is, is a web server a gadget? I would say so. I mean, it, it's certainly the, the cloud, isn't it? And it's powering all the gadgets, all of yeah. our smart things. Yeah, the cloud is powering all the gadgets. Uh, no, just my, my web server got hacked a couple of weeks ago. And... Um, Due to due to my own negligence, pretty much, I've been so busy doing things for other people that I've neglected to update and maintain my own server. That's it. Blame, and, blame um, the victim. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, it it got hacked, and and there was botnet software running on it, and it was a pain. Uh, but my web host, um, Linode, was just really good about working with me on it and getting it sorted out, and and I moved everything over to new servers, and everything is upgraded and patched, and reinstall all, all of the all of the websites from from the github source code rather than transferring files over in case there was infected stuff mm-hmm. and and then they kind of took my my hacked web server and sort of sandboxed it so i could get in and and poke around and figure out what was going on without having to worry about um continuing to violate their terms of service by sending out viruses basically <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're basically a bro- virus broadcast <laughs> so that's wild so you you became aware of the problem because Linode emailed you or something. Yeah, they had apparently been some kind of monitoring software. I set I set off alarm bells somewhere, and and they had detected this uh, botnet activity from the server, and they emailed me about it. Hmm. They they didn't just immediately shut me down. They were like, "Hey, you need to look into this, and if you don't have it fixed within twenty four hours, then we're shutting it down." That's impressive. Yeah, and then the, I love the I love that they sort of. 
kept it up so that you could get in there and mm-hmm. poke around and see what was going on and maybe get anything you needed to get off of it, off of it, which sounds like you already pretty much had everything elsewhere. But yeah, uh, you could imagine a situation where someone was even less up to date and didn't have anything anywhere else or didn't have recent backups and that sort of thing. And just was like, ah, my server disappeared. <laughs> yeah, I lost I lost a handful of images that I mostly because I just didn't didn't care enough to think about them until after I got everything shut down. And, and at that point, I just didn't want to fool with with going back in and, and picking them out. Mm. Um, just just like some header images from my blog, that sort of thing. No big deal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it, it took me between figuring out what the problem was and, and getting everything shut down and moving stuff over and setting up new servers because I put everything I split it up between two servers when I set it all back up because I wanted to I, I I had different projects that I wanted to separate out in in different ways and had been planning to do anyway so mm-hmm. I've, I've got everything on two servers now and between all that all that and then going back in and, and doing some investigating to figure out what happened it I it took like many hours because I was also like I was doing this between work work mm-hmm. so I think I went through like half a dozen Linode customer support agents over the course of their various shift changes as I was working through this. And, and every single one of them was just super helpful and, and on top of it and, and knew the full story of what was going on. So That's great. Awesome. So, hey, folks, if you're looking for a, an awesome customer service experience from your web hosting company, Linode top of my list based on this story. <laughs> Yeah, this is not sponsored by Linode in any way, <laughs> but I, I have been a I have been a happy customer of them since 2008, which is the longest I've been with any internet company other than like Amazon. I mm. think. Cool. Well, think about that while you're attaching your Internet of Things together. <laughs> Keep your Ubuntu yes. updated. Cool. All right. So speaking of connected gadgets, mm-hmm. we got we got that dash wand, the Amazon dash wand. Yes, I've been wanting to ask you about this. Yeah, so folks might remember dash buttons, which are this sort of almost hilariously gimmicky physical button that's about the size of a, I don't know, pack of gum? Yeah. Yeah, or like a, like a matchbook, you know, like a, like a box, matchbook box. And it's just got this big plastic button on it, and you, you buy it from Amazon, and then when you receive it, it's, it's either pre-configured or you configure it using, uh, I think it's i don't know if it's the alexa app or if it's the amazon i think it's the amazon app i think it is the shopping app that you go in and you just configure the button to be like a one-click purchase of uh, a particular thing like dish detergent or toilet paper or whatever some sort of consumable that you're constantly or not constantly but you're regularly ordering and so, so this uh, wand is kind of like a hybrid between the dash button and a full-on Amazon Echo type device or an Alexa-powered device. So it's kind of like a, an elongated version of a Roku remote control. So it's like a, mm-hmm. it's sort of like a TV remote. It's not like a Harry Potter wand. <laughs> it's not that. It'd be a lot cooler if it was. That would be epic. Yeah. So crossover. So <laughs> the uh, the. The wand has a button on it, like the dash button, and you can, but it, you know, it's configured so that when you push it down, it's got a barcode scanner on the, on the very end of it. So the tip sort of, so you can, you can point it at any barcode or whatever and scan that item and it'll go into your shopping cart uh, in the Amazon, in your sort of Amazon account. So if, you know, whether it's your online desktop web experience or the app on your phone or whatever. And 
uh, the button you can also hold down the button and it, it gives you the sort of blue alexa ring let me shut her off <laughs> and you can talk to it and say you know add whatever to my shopping list or add uh, or buy thing and it'll go you know it'll say okay go and it'll go straight through and actually buy it so it doesn't stop in right. your cart you have to check it later right so it's it, when i first heard of this it was a while ago. I don't think, I, I don't remember for sure, I, but I don't think I had any Alexa devices in my house when I originally ordered this. It's been pre-ordered forever. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm probably remembering that wrong, but I certainly didn't have the 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 day-to-day experience of using an Echo in my house in every single right. room. Right. Didn't have a dot in every room. Yeah. So when, so honestly, this thing is kind of underwhelming because it's like, oh, I've got a walk over to this spot where it's hanging on the wall and pick it up and like wave it at something. And, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, well, geez, I mean, I'm in my house. I'm never going to use this thing someplace besides my house. So for somebody that already has an echo in every room, or at least in the mm-hmm. kitchen, wherever you would put the wand, it's not, it's redundant. And, and it, ha- and so it's kind of like, eh, well, we hardly ever use it. You don't really need the barcode scanning thing anymore because you could just if you really wanted to scan something you could just point the app camera at it and it just right. picks up the label and figures it out so it's 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 a it feels a little gimmicky and redundant for somebody who does have a bunch of other stuff uh, but for somebody who doesn't it might be it might be desirable it might be pretty cool it's I, I think it's basically free because when you i think it's man it's like 20 bucks maybe but then you get 20 dollars in credit amazon credit so it's basically free yeah, if you don't already have Echo devices littered throughout your house, it's a super inexpensive way to be able to get that buying experience. Mm-hmm. So weirdly, though, it doesn't, it's not the full Alexa experience. So it's like connected to my Wi-Fi and all that. Mm-hmm. And it's connected to my Amazon account, clearly. And it's named Alexa. Yes. And you, you, oh, is it? I don't know if they, use, well, yeah. It might not be. It has the button. You don't have to use a wake word. Right. But I'm, I'm pretty sure it's. I'm pretty sure it says that it's got Alexa inside, like that kind of thing. Yeah. But when you press the button, you hold down the button and the, you know, the blue ring around the button lights up just like the Echo Top does. And, you know, so I was like, oh, I want, you know, Alexa, turn off my dining room lights. And it's like, I can't do that. Or I don't know how to do that yet. And I'm like, oh, that's mm. sort of weird. I mean, wh- what's the difference? Right. It's a, a sort of a surprising distinction that they wouldn't allow it or that it's not capable of doing all the other things that Alexa can do. It's like, a, it's like a Alexa's lame little brother or something (laughs) yeah like at that point at that point if you've already got other echo devices at your house you could just if you don't need the barcode scanner you could get a remote control for your echo and it would be the exact same function well it'd actually be more functionality because then you'd have full alexa capabilities because Mm. you could just push the the talk button on the remote and talk to your device i forgot about that is that's isn't that part of the fire tv you can get remotes for the echo device itself i believe yeah that does ring a bell but, you know, it, I mean, the prices are just rock bottom. There's, there's the beauty of the, um, the echoes compared to something like that is that you just never have to worry about the battery. It's just always on. You can put it anywhere. We've got, we do have one of the tap, which is the one that sits on a battery charger base, but you can pick it mm-hmm. up and walk around with it. And, uh, originally it didn't have voice, voice activation, but now it does. You can turn that on if you aren't always going to be pressing the button to activate yeah. it. And that's super convenient to have one, one or two of those in the house. Every once in a while, it's sort of <laughs> talk about portable computing. Every once in a while, I'll be listening to a, maybe charging my phone or something and listening to an audiobook. Mm-hmm. On 
the tap when I'm cleaning the house or something. And I'll just pick that thing up and it's a little Take bit... Take it room to room. Yeah, yeah. Like you could almost stick it in your cargo shorts pocket. It's pretty big, but yeah, but I can just sort of carry it around with me and it's, I don't know, it's just weirdly convenient. <laughs> So, cause the, the thing with the, you know, we've got a dot in every room or an echo. We've got, I don't know, two or three echoes in the house and a bunch of dots, which you can get a six pack of for like 30 bucks a pop. And it doesn't, there's no like Sonos like experience where you can say, Alexa, play, uh, I don't know, Miles Davis on Pandora in all the rooms. You know, it's like just on the one that you tell to. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that feature came to exist in the future because of the new messaging and drop-in functionality they've created. Yeah, it would be nice if it did. I think I would I would like to be able to just have that throughout the house. And um, another thing that I would like to have them more talking to each other on is I had a, an annoying experience this morning. We had a new Wi-Fi router installed and cable company came and switched out our, our cable modem. Mm-hmm. And it's a, well, it's a modem router combo. And I had to go around and update uh, network passwords on all the devices. <sighs> yeah, and I had to do all the all of the um, Alexa devices individually. Ugh, that's a bummer because yeah. the setup experience out of the box is much better than that. It is. It is out of the box. It's great. You just plug it in and 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 away you go. Hmm. Oh, geez, what a pain. That would yeah. that would be. I mean, we have probably 50 devices on our Wi-Fi network. Changing the password would take a weekend. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I did the one, two, three. I, I did four Echo devices, and it took like I mean, it wasn't a wasn't a super long amount of time, but so tedious. The, for some, yeah, for some reason, the the settings in the in the app was being really slow to load, which slowed everything down. And so, I mean, I spent like 10 minutes doing it. So, speaking of the dash button, Erica said you sent me a, a messenger message the other day and was like keep your eyes peeled for an email about the surprise sweet stash button (laughs) which (laughs) we have now received this sounds this sounds wonderful yeah so this is one of those pre-configured dash buttons that is specifically set up to send you a surprise box of chocolates yeah random chocolate yeah random chocolate i mean you know when you're getting it but you don't know what's going to be in it yeah aka the pms button (laughs) yeah exactly So it arrived the other day and, Mm -hmm. you know, setup was super easy. She had no problem. It was so easy. She didn't remember how she did it. Right. (laughs) Barely, you know, and it, uh, you know, it's already pre-configured to your account and you just press that button and boom, your chocolate is on the way. The obvious drag here is that it's, it's uh, a two day delay before you get your medicine. Right. You should (laughs) be able to push the button and get chocolate now. Yeah. So, I mean, they're, they bought Whole Foods and yeah. they're working on drones. Yeah. It's so, all for the chocolate. Yeah. Chocolate mm-hmm. drone. Yep. Taco buttons. Yeah. Pizza buttons. Yeah. I'm down with this. Yeah. So it's almost yeah. like having a sort of space vending machine in your house where you press a button on the vending machine, except for the, the vending machine's just an interface for your, for a drone supply chain that goes to your local Whole Foods. Yeah, I had this mental picture. Like, what do you want for dinner tonight? I don't know. Let's see what's in the cabinet. And you open it up, and it's just an array a of, buttons. of buttons. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, it's like a Jets total Jetsons moment. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> we almost. Oh, it's so embarrassing to admit this, but we almost have that in our house because <laughs> we have. We're. I can't believe that we turned into this family, but we're like driving around like crazy at nights now. Mm-hmm. It's like Monday night, Cooper's karate, Tuesday night, my karate, Wednesday night, Erica goes out to knit night at Starbucks, Thursday night, Cooper and I both have karate, Friday night, 
We like try and sit down for five minutes and clean the house and fold laundry. Saturday in the summer, we go down to the campsite all weekend, come back. It's Sunday. Mm -hmm. It's garbage eve. Okay, garbage eve. Take out all of the trash and then clean out everything and then, you know, take a shower because you're covered with mud and stuff from camping. Right. We have the same garbage eve. What do you know? Yeah. It's in sync. Very nice. (laughs) So sort of a non-denominational garbage family. Yeah. (laughs) So what ends up happening is our our dinner schedule is completely nuked. Like literally Friday, you know, and if we cook down camp on the weekends, which is not unusual, uh, we're just never in the mood to cook or not all of us are going to be there. Right. So it's like foodler order up or eat 24, you know, just get limbs delivered to the house. And it, and sometimes it's, we're so bad about it that it's like, there's only a couple of restaurants. We, we both have different, there's not a ton of overlap between the foods that we like. Okay. So it's not uncommon for us to order from three different places in the same night. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Where we'll just like do the one click Domino's purchase for the kids, like the same order we always get for the kids. Right. And then I'll get like Asian and she'll get like a, like Chipotle or like, like Mexican or burger or something like that from three different places. Like, like the delivery trucks descend on the house. You've, you've, you've become some sort of, some sort of stereotype, I think. Yeah. No, I know it's embarrassing, (laughs) but I love the button. So the, the, the cupboard of buttons and it'd be awesome. Like the cupboard would only need to be like, you know, two inches deep. Yeah, exactly. It'd be like opening your electric panel. Yeah, right. Or, you know, okay, here's the thing. The, the, you'd still have the same size cupboards, but instead of like a rack of buttons, like a breaker circuit board, mm-hmm. they would still be shaped like the box of, of cereal or the, you know, it would be like with, with plastic fancy, food. Like their marketing pictures and. Yeah. And then yeah. But you'd, instead of the food being inside the thing, you just press it and it comes prepared. <laughs> yeah, you, th- you think? I don't know. I think I would prefer the the electric panel style yeah. menu of buttons better. I like that better too. Yeah. Oh man, the future's coming, baby. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm just thinking about that. Wouldn't be good for families of small children because you know toddlers and buttons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You have to too. lock the cabinet. <laughs> right. So, well, the surprise sweet stash button has a has a governor on it. Has a throttle. You can't press it again, <laughs> or throttle. it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't work until you've received your last one so it's just, uh-huh. yeah so it's automatically handled yeah you can't sit there rapidly pressing your button expecting your chocolate to show up sooner <laughs> you know it doesn't work like an elevator <laughs> it'll get here faster if i keep pressing it oh man okay so that was a whole bunch of amazon news let's it was a whole bunch of amazon news let's switch to another company that starts with an a yes apple Oh man, I got, I think I'm pretty sure we mentioned this on the show previously, but I would really love to leave my laptop at the office set up and ready to go. And for the rest of the time, like the stuff I carry around in my bag, just go with my uh, brand new shiny iPad Pro, the 10.5 inch one with the keyboard case, the Apple Pencil, the AirPods. Like the, I went full Apple. So like for Mm -hmm. years I've been a kind of hybrid Android Apple person, you know, Android iOS person. And I finally, basically there's no Android in my life anymore because for a variety of reasons, it's, it's the kids are totally iOS. All the games they have are iOS. If we were going to switch to Android for them, which would be cool because we could get, you know, uh, because they need new iPads because they're super old. I think Maggie's still on a a one. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
might be a two, but it's really, really slow and they're always filling up. And it'd be great to just get like, you know, a $50 fire with an SD card extension port. Right. But we'd have to buy like, if the games even existed, we'd have to buy another couple hundred dollars worth of games probably. So a little bit of lock in there. And, you know, iOS is getting better. It's the multitasking stuff that's coming out in the next version of the operating system convinced me. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to try and see if I can use this as my main work machine and just do like coding stuff and podcasting and that sort of thing from the office. Mm -hmm. And I have not been able to do it. It just, it's, I've just carried this iPad around and I barely ever use it. It's super fun to use. I love the mode of use because it's like, it's this very multimodal kind of, it's a much more expressive experience than just mm-hmm. like click, 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 type, 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 click, 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 type, type, type. Right. You know, you're switching back and forth between, you know, keyboard and touch screen and, and the pencil. And you can even hold the pencil in a way that allows you to type, but then kind of reach around the screen and tap stuff and then go back to typing. Uh, it's, it's pretty cool. See, to me, that sounds like, yeah, and an and interesting and, and interactive experience. If you're, and like maybe fine if you're doing something like fun or creative, but it also seems highly inefficient for getting actual work done. Okay, so this is the thing. So the kind of work, this gets into a whole, you know, theory of the future type of thing and the nature of work and how, how things are going to work or what work products we'll be creating in 10 years. It feels to me like this is the beginning of the new kind of work. So I feel like work will get more creative. It's already, it's your, I think the stuff, the kind of stuff we do, let's just focus on that the kind of okay. stuff we do, you know, coding and that kind of thing. It's creative, but the act of it doesn't feel creative. You know what I mean? It's like a very cerebral, like the actions that you yeah, take. It, feel, it feels different. Writing a piece of code feels different than sitting down and drawing a picture. Yeah, or playing guitar, practicing yeah. scales or something. It's much, doing something like that is much more physical and you're, you're not locked in a position. I think you and I both are, you know, we're sort of anti-mouse, not that we don't use them, but, you know, prefer to keep the hands on the keyboard and, mm-hmm. and just type super fast and be able to, you know, even, even if you're communicating, sometimes you and I, we could easily start a voice call with a single click, but we'd rather just type back and forth for some reason. Right. Yeah. But if you if you look at your physicality while you're doing that, you're kind of just like stooped in this locked position. You're not moving around at all. Your hands are barely moving. It's just your fingers flying all over the place. Yeah, my my neck and shoulders have been jacked up for like all week. Yeah. Just from lack of movement, basically. Yeah. So there's something about it that feels kind of inhuman. And there there's so many the the number of computing modes is really exploding and we've talked about this for years so you know the sort of the sort of personal computer posture was always like seated you know hands and hands on a keyboard and mouse pointing device you know trackpad maybe and a big monitor in front of you and you're sort of sitting there and you're in this sort of work posture like like uh you know old school secretary or or Mm -hmm. whatever like businessman you know sitting at his desk and that, that was the posture of computing. Even if you weren't doing work, if you were surfing the internet or playing a video game, you're still sitting there like you were at work. And it kind of changed when it, it kind of changed. It dramatically changed when the iPhone came out because that the, the touch screen, the multi-touch experience was so good, so much better than any other touch screens that were currently out in the consumer land. Oh, yeah. It was so great that all of a sudden it enabled a new posture where you could 
compute with one hand standing up with a kid in your other arm or, you know, <laughs> right. a coffee in your hand and you're walking around or standing in line or you could all of a sudden you, you it unlocked a bunch of new postures. Yeah, you and, weren't you weren't tied to sitting at a desk or, or even in front of a laptop. Yeah, you became untethered. So like a laptop's portable, but you don't use it in a mobile fashion. Right. So phones changed all that. And, you know, it just it doesn't you just look around and every, you know, like nine out of 10 people walking down the street are staring at their phone and yeah. e everybody riding in a car, probably half the people driving and everybody at a bus stop or a train station or an airport or, you know, in a cockpit or a bathroom, everybody's on their phone. Yeah. And some guy, some guy almost like we almost had a wreck the other night because some guy was looking at his phone instead of the road, mm -hmm. almost plowed right into us. So <laughs> yeah, it's bad. So, but the point is that, like, that's an issue, but the point is that, that it enabled us to compute air quotes from, from seemingly anywhere. Mm -hmm. But really, if you think about it, there's a whole nother class of computing that we're not doing. There's a, a whole class of stuff that you do regularly throughout the day that make it infeasible or uncomfortable or impractical to use your hands or your eyes. And, you know, we've talked about this years ago about Apple releasing, um, when they, when they announced ear pods, we predicted the AirPod thing. Yeah. You know, it was like, okay, this is what's coming. They're going to take the wire off. And it's just going to be this thing in your ear like, you know, that movie. I can't remember the name of it. Her. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't watched that. Me neither. Isn't it weird? It? No, I haven't. It looks too unsettling. Yeah, yeah. It came up again on something I was watching the other day, and it reminded me of it. It's like, oh, I should I should actually watch that. I didn't hear much about it after it came out. Maybe, it, I don't know. I'm kind of embarrassed that I haven't watched it just because of the podcast and being in tech, but it does... I, mm -hmm. I, I don't want to see it. Like, it doesn't look like the kind of movie I want to watch. And listeners yeah. who have seen it are probably like jumping up and down. No, it's great. Cause I've heard people tell me <laughs> that I would love it. And they're probably right. But yeah, didn't it, didn't it come out around the same time as Ex Machina, I think? And it was just yeah. kind of, maybe I kind of got lost in that. Mm -hmm. I, I believe it was around the same time. I certainly, they're categorized that way in my brain, but man, the years fly fast. Mm -hmm. So anyway, what I'm getting at is that it's, 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 I think, highly likely. I think it's inevitable. I'm going to go, I'm going to go all the way to an inevitable. I won't, okay. I won't commit to a timeline because I always get those wrong, but I'm going to say that it's inevitable that the outcomes that we produce at work will remain more or less the same, but the way that we, uh, the activities that we engage in to produce those outcomes will change. So as you know, let's just throw the AI word around as, okay. as AI starts to power things, you know, AI inside, we'll be able to say stuff like, I don't want to go too far over the top here, but, but I, the only example I can think of is like super over the top, which is that we can describe an interface that we want. And it's like, okay. So like, imagine, imagine rails in 10 years, just to, <laughs> just to come up with something like why really, I really have to go through all this setup and tell it. it's like, I look, I want a website with a login with blah, blah, blah. And I want it on a server over here. And I want the server to be like powerful enough to do these things. Do we really need coders to do that 10 years from now? Like seriously? Yeah. So I can imagine that it still takes, I mean, there will be a need, well, I like to think that there will be a need for human creativity at some, at some level of the Maslow's hierarchy of needs pyramid that, that our input will still be needed. And we've talked about this plenty of times with, uh, uh, with in AI related episodes. But I think the notion that the activities that we engage in to produce these outcomes, I think the notion that those activities will remain the same is wrong. There's, I, 
I think, you know, maybe it'll be a generational thing and you and I will never be able to stop using a laptop or desktop like device because it maybe. feels so inefficient. You'll, you'll pry my keyboard out of my cold dead hands. Yeah, exactly. I understand. And, but I look at, you know, Cooper's ability to seamlessly, I almost want to say ooze from between them. <laughs> yeah. He just oozes between these Compute. I mean, it, he doesn't consider it computing. I only consider it computing because I'm old. He's just right. oozing between these different experiences. Like he doesn't stop one and start the next one. He's kind of sliding between them uh, in and in and out of different ones. So like he'll be playing Xbox One, talking to me with a YouTube video going in his lap on an iPad or next to him on an iPad, and he's yeah. got like a ginger ale next to him, and he's sort of just <laughs> like he just is like swimming in it. It's not like there's no switching cost whatsoever. I right. mean, it's, it, just, it's it, just normal. Yeah. I mean, it might be, I'm, I'm, there's no way it's not causing his brain to develop in a way that's different than the way mine's developed, but I don't think it's bad or good. I mean, he doesn't, doesn't, sh- there's absolutely no outward indication that it's damaging to him in any way. Right. It's, it actually seems the opposite. He's incredibly, whatever, I'm not going to brag about my kid, but it, it doesn't seem to be causing a problem. He's... Right. He doesn't have focus issues. Yeah. No. Right. Yeah. He can, he can sit down in front of the piano or he can sit down in front of a pad of paper and just create stuff for hours. Like he can still mm-hmm. do that, uh, which I suppose is the thing that would worry me if he couldn't, you know, like an inability to focus, I do think is a bad thing. Right. But I, I'm imagining, you know, I, I feel like there's this thing that I'm, that I can't unlock. There's like this expressive kind of creativity that is possible with this kind of constellation of devices that are circling around iOS, let's say, that I can't bring myself to recognize the power of. Just because it's so unfamiliar to you, the, you just like you have that disconnect that he doesn't have. Yeah. It's almost like, it's almost like I would have to unlearn some habits in order to, get to the next level. So like mm-hmm. I spent, I spent a, probably a couple of weeks doing what I recognized at the, at, by the end was a, a fool's errand, which was trying to reproduce the workflows that I use on my laptop on the iPad with the other on stuff. The tablet. That's the yeah. mistake. Like that was dumb. I, you don't, that's not the way you do it. You're doing it wrong. Like I'm, t- I'm saying to myself, I'm doing it wrong when I try to do that. What I should be doing is trying to produce the same kind of content and business outcomes and connections with other people that I do on the laptop in a way that's more native to this new kind of more expressive conf- computing environment that has keyboard and external pointers and internal pointers and uh, voice. And uh, it's just got like a million ways to interact with it. And I'm trying to just sit there and type. Yeah. And, and how to put it all together just kind of eludes you. Yeah. I'm thinking about it now and I don't know, like I can't tell you how I would begin to go about doing that if I were trying to trying to produce something for work and be like, no, give me a keyboard, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it's funny though, because when I go back, so usually when I do any kind of extended use, it's, it's at home at night after kids are going to bed and I'm like going through email and Slack and doing so these sort of communication type things that it's really good at, but I'm really using it in a laptop kind of mode. Right. And, but even still, when I get back to my lap, it like, I, I don't use the touchscreen that, that much. And I, and, you know, Apple employees, I think Phil Schiller, I, I can picture Phil Schiller saying this. It's like, oh, you don't want a touchscreen laptop. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? I do because <laughs> I, I miss it when I go back to the laptop. I touch my laptop screen because I just naturally I'm like, oh, 
it would be easier for me to just t- point to that thing that I want and for whatever reason. And I don't want to always be doing that. And sometimes I do right. want the trackpad, but it is more natural than you think it's going to be. And unless it's not a question of efficiency, it's a question of expressiveness. Yeah, that makes sense. I think I would prefer touch over a trackpad or a mouse, but still probably for, for many things, keyboard over both of those. Sure. I mean, naturally, because the kind of, mm-hmm. you know, you're coding, right? It's just yeah, type, I, I type, mean, type, type, shortcuts, type. Shortcuts for switching between applications and, and all that. So I don't have to reach away and reach up and touch something. Well, the pro has that. The iPad yeah. pro has that. So I can just, I can like command tab to switch command applications. Around, yeah. And it's, it's having the keyboard case on the iPad without the keyboard case, I wouldn't use it at all. Right. It's just enough keyboard for me to, to feel like I'm not stuck in molasses and you know it's but it's still it just doesn't do stuff i need it to do like it doesn't there's no and i know people are going to say yeah there is it's hard like i said before i was going through you know blog posts that are like you know i'm a rails developer and i used just an ipad pro for six months and here's how i did it here's a bunch of apps and i'm looking at it and i'm like that's okay like there's that's not easier yeah, like you're handicapping yourself. I've, I've seen posts like that before. Like, oh, all I did was use a Chromebook for a year because all I did was SSH into this remote server and did all my work that way. And, right. and yeah, you can you can do that and it will work, but the, the tooling and environment and, and everything that I've got and interfaces that I have set up on my computer are going to be way more efficient. Yeah. It's like you can, you can yeah. go to Home Depot and pick up a pallet of peat moss in your sedan, but a pickup truck is better. Right. You know, and so the thing is like you, if you want to switch over to the sedan, do something instead of picking up the peat moss. Yeah. Like take your family out to dinner. Yeah. And have somebody do your yard. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, don't try and do all the stuff you used to do in a truck in your car. It's, that's crazy. But find out a way to get those things done to create the, I keep saying create those outcomes, but like whether they're personal or business outcomes that you want to achieve, you need to think differently about how you're going to reach them instead of thinking that you can just continue the same activities in this, on this new thing. They're, they're not better. These activities were created specifically with this kind of a posture and a device combination in mind, you know, mouse, keyboard, screen. Right. Interesting, interesting way you put it there that you need to think different. (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean this is for somebody though for somebody who is uh you know you would call casual computer user like doing email and even spreadsheets is doable and the ipad's pretty great but those two downfalls are like so you know okay why do i do those things is there a way you know how important is it to me to keep doing those things and be tethered to a laptop mm-hmm. device or is there some way that I can change what I do and still achieve the outcomes I want like uh, I don't know a particular kind of income and a particular sense of mastery over the what I do for Thank a job yeah, yeah. Uh, is there a way that I can still achieve those things but without the same activities involved and do I care like do I really care it, not really. I mean, what am I talking about? Decreasing the weight of my bag by one pound. It's, (laughs) it's not really worth it because I'm already an old dog and teaching me new tricks is probably not going to happen. But so somebody like certainly someone Cooper's age seven or younger, and probably people who grew up with an iPhone as soon as they were old enough to be allowed to have one, Mm -hmm. they're going to have a completely different idea of what 
constitutes work activities or computing activities. And they're, the idea of them learning how to touch type is comical to me. I, they just don't, I just, that's not going to happen. I just don't yeah. see it. See, I have, I have this weird, I have a, I have a kid who's in sort of this age group that's sort of right in the middle between, between us and, and maybe Cooper. She does touch type and she plays a lot of games on the computer that she prefers to use the mouse and keyboard versus playing on the console. Um, but at the same time, if she sits down to to do something like making music, she's not necessarily going to be in front of a keyboard and mouse. Or, or if she is, it's not a computer keyboard. She's got an, an actual, you know, a, a MIDI keyboard and keyboards and drums that are both hooked to the computer and you know, mirroring things from displays on touch screens and, mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. So she mm. kind of for the more creative stuff it is a lot more fluid yeah so i wonder i mean who knows i i said earlier that i think it's inevitable i i do think it is inevitable that that the kind of progression from industrial age work into knowledge work into creative work i think that's the path that humans are on mm-hmm. that that you know we don't need as many people putting nuts on bolts and we don't need, and, and we're getting to the phase in the sort of knowledge economy part where we don't need as many people reviewing invoices or, uh, fighting parking tickets or all the other things that AIs are starting to do, diagnose diseases. And okay, so we don't need that. Well, okay, what's the next thing? Okay. Um, humans are really good at connecting the dots and seeing the big picture or seeing big pictures or understanding the, understanding other people and being empathetic. Yeah. So, I mean, I can imagine a generation of where the creative output is just jaw dropping. I mean, that would be, that's the, that's my optimistic view on the optimistic side of what I think might happen. It, it could be that, you know, by the time Cooper's, you know, teens and twenties, the creative output is just going to be unprecedented. That would be, that would be the best possible outcome that I can think. The, the, uh, the alternative is Wally. Yeah. We don't want that. And, and that's my argument against that movie is that, yeah. Just because you have all this time on your hands doesn't mean you're going to sit around and drink soda and, right. and like and, stare and at the wall. Stare at the wall. Yeah. No, you're going to. No, you're going to play drums because drums are the play. best thing yeah. ever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. So like everybody can do sports or play video games or, you know, esports or play cards, comedy. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, there's like so many things you could do that the idea that the entire race as a whole just turns into couch potatoes. I, I'm sorry, I reject that. I, I know that there yeah. will always be different kinds of people and people are going to react in different ways, but I don't buy that. I don't buy that dystopian. It's certainly not an absolute dystopian future. You know, the, the mm-hmm. worst kind of cruise ship cruiser. Yeah, we're, we're not all, we're not all going to be living in the stacks. Right. And, you know, even in the, in, we have to mention the expanse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> even in the expanse, there's this thing, you know, Earth has 30 million inhabitants, billion inhabitants, uh, and there's a, uh, they call it basic, which is kind of like, um, you know, food stamps. Yeah. yeah. And, but for, you know, basic, your basic needs are met, uh, but it's kind of like you can't work or you, you just, God, there was one, I think there's, you had to qualify to get a job. You had to qualify to get advanced training by working basically a minimum wage job and proving that you have the work ethic and drive. Right. To get off of basic. And, mm-hmm. and it was viewed by people, by lots of characters in the books going on basic was a death sentence basically yeah they were like i would rather do anything than that because you just you know it's a question of of going from opiate to barbiturate to sex shop to you know all the worst (laughs) most base and of course the black market economy crops up with people who 
are on basic because mm-hmm. they always want more, but getting off basic is either a window of opportunity that they miss or too difficult and it's easier to just, you know, make uh, synthetic drugs. Yeah. Yeah. So super problematic, but uh, so, okay. I mean, we're pretty far away from gadgets now, but yeah, but it's, that's the tip. That's the kickoff point, which I think it feels to me like, uh, you know, I'm not going to say I'm too old to change, but, but certainly right now it's more friction, not less friction to do to, uh, to, produce the outcomes that I want to produce, I really need a laptop. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not going to use a laptop, the phone is actually my secondary device, not the iPad and pencil and keyboard and all that stuff. Yeah. Because it's because it's uh, the advantages of portability and, you know, one-handedness and quick access all outweigh the kind of additional creative flourishes that are available with the pencil. Because the pencil's, I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The pencil's great like i can't i can draw with it i can't draw but i can draw with that you know because be, be, hmm. between the expressiveness of the pencil and the corrective software it's kind of like auto tune if you know what that is for drawing <laughs> and it's it's amazing but i just don't have anything to do with it you yeah. know there's nothing i need to i don't need that for anything so it's kind of uh it makes me feel old honestly <laughs> So I think, I, I think that stuff is very well done, but the idea of, I don't know, I don't know if I, I'm trying to, I was just about to decide if I want if I thought I should say it's something I would recommend or not. I don't know. It's weird. I don't, what, would I recommend it? I don't know. Um, I mean, I mean, like I said, Kira has the, the iPad Pro and, and the pencil and she certainly gets good use out of them. I guess it depends on your use case. I mean, she's using them for, for creative pursuits. I know, I know other people who have both and but mostly the types of people i know that are doing things like that are artists and musicians yeah yep i should give it to cooper i'm nervous to give it to cooper because you know it's gonna get dropped or it's gonna get lost Mm. the pencil gonna get lost or maggie's gonna whatever flush down the toilet and it's been to charge and snapped off snapped off yeah that's the worst design i cannot believe that is it is it is yeah i got a i got a cable to avoid that the instant we got both of those yeah it's just dopey so it's super impressive. I guess that's what I would say. It's super impressive. And if you certainly, if you draw, I mean, no question. Mm -hmm. And with the new multitasking stuff in iOS 11, it's going to be even better for people who are doing more businessy types of things. And if you get, I suppose if you get the one that has LTE built in and you're always on the go, then the portability and always on connectivity is a significant advantage over what I need. So it's, it's pretty amazing. I have to say it's pretty amazing, but I, I, it's a third wheel in my bag. I just never yeah. use it. I should just leave it at home. It's like, this is impressive technology, but it's not the right fit for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's fair to say that this, this, uh, post rehearsal episode, I think this actually was a little bit better than the last one. <laughs> I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully I don't sound like Tony Robbins. <laughs> If you do, I'm just going to leave you that way. Oh, yeah, it's sorry, sorry, dear listener. We should have just left it alone and not, not even mentioned it. <laughs> See if anyone noticed. It was actually really disturbing to listen to. I know. So, and here's the thing: I went to edit. I was like, oh, Kelly, I can't make you try to edit that. I'll tr- I'll try and do it. Listening to myself in that sort of uncanny valley, like after I pitch shifted it, it I like wrecked my day. I felt so <laughs> weird after that. Yeah. It was unsettling. Isn't it weird how stuff like that is? Oh, yeah. It's like, it's like if there's a, when I was in, I think in college, there's this kind of meme going around of like, uh, try and see how long you can stare at yourself in the mirror and say your name. 
Just like oh, like stare yourself down in the mirror and keep saying your name over and over. And like within 30 seconds, you feel like you're going to go insane. It's so weird. <laughs> so it felt like that. And I was doing it for like an hour. And then finally I was like, I can't, I can't do this. Can't take it anymore. I'm going to go insane. <laughs> yeah. Like my personality is coming unhinged. Yeah. You see me the most. It's like, forget this. We can't. This is too creepy. <laughs> yeah. It was so creepy. Anyway, that's our show for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Kelly Shaver. And we hope you join us again next week for Terrifying Robot Dog. Bye. Bye. Would you like to see Kelly and I in your inbox once a week? Get new episodes delivered straight to you with show notes, links to additional content, and more. Plus, you can reply to any message to suggest topics for future episodes. To get the inside track, go to terrifyingrobotdog.com and look for the Keep Me in the Loop button. That <laughs> that button again. <laughs> I don't know why I just stumbled on that. I was like, oh, yeah. I don't want to say URL right now. I feel like I'm not going to be able to say URL. So I'm going to say domain name. And then I was like, nah, I'll say URL. Nah. And then I was like, wow, like 30 Website. seconds have gone by. Where am I? <laughs> Maybe I am Tony Robbins. Maybe. Anyway, go to terrifyingrobotdog.com. Press the button. Get on the list. We'd love to see you there. <laughs>